A serene calm had descended over the woodland on top of the hill. The sun was setting in the west, and all of the creatures who called the small woodland home were winding down for the evening. It had been a beautiful blue sky, sunny day. The birds had sung harmoniously, and the flowers, which covered large swathes of the ground between the trees, had turned their heads throughout the day to follow the sun in a glorious arc. A small movement between the trunks of an oak and a willow would catch the eye of the squirrels and woodpeckers nearby, a sight they'd seen plenty of times before, and a sight they'd seen many a time again. There, between the two trees, a tiny cottage stood, its windows like eyes, starting to glow as the light outside began to fade. The movement was the mole. Opening the door, taking a few steps along the front wall of the stone cottage, collecting a few seasoned logs for the fire, and then retreating back inside. Inside the cottage, he slipped off his Wellington boots by the door and shuffled over to the fire, casting two logs into it, and the rest in a tidy pile next to the fireplace. Immediately, the logs on the fire were ablaze, flames licking about them hungrily, the heat radiating from the tiny grate. The two armchairs by the fire were empty, the large alabaster vase glowing with the homely ambiance of the cottage's cosy living quarters. The mole had been working in the kitchen for about an hour, adding this ingredient and that, as well as a few secret ones, and dinner had finally taken shape. All that remained was for them to sit at their tiny pine table and chairs and enjoy, with a glass of wine or two. The dinner was dished up on two tiny plates and put into the oven to keep warm. Opposite the doorway which led into the kitchen, there was a door leading to an annex. It was a pea-green door, and it had a sign hanging on it, the type of which you'd find made of a small plank of wood, painted and with a stretch of twine strung between the two ends. The sign read, Artist at work, disturb at your peril. The mole knocked softly on the door. No answer. He knocked a little louder. What? A shrill voice resounded from behind the wooden door. Um, dinner's ready, the mole said timidly. I'll be out in a moment, the hedgehog said, a little abruptly. The mole shrugged and wistfully smiled to himself. There would sometimes be days like this. The hedgehog would banish herself to the annex to work and would silently stew in there until the mole could persuade her to come out. The irony was that the mole knew her mood would be drastically improved by eating a proper meal, but that the hedgehog was too irritable to come out of the room to quell her appetite. As such, he had a tried and tested strategy. He would make the dinner, a dinner which he knew the hedgehog loved, and he would keep it in the oven until she appeared. While he waited for the hedgehog to appear from her artistic reverie, he sat in front of the old mahogany piano. Perched on the stool and checked his reach. He knew the reach would be fine and the stool adjusted correctly, but it was a habit, a ritual he always performed before playing. His tiny toes could reach the pedals, his relaxed shoulders casting his upper arms parallel to his torso, and his forearms at right angles, in perfect correlation to the cottage floor. The fingers of his tiny paws hovered eagerly above the keyboard, and softly, gently, to start, he rested them on the first keys. Chopin, 
it was always enough to get lost in. The emotion, the beating of his heart, hammering in his chest as his fingers began to hammer the keys, elegantly, softly at first, but with a greater passion and verve as he worked his way through the movement. The technicality of Chopin, challenging, tough and relentless, mixed with the romantic nature of the nocturne, took the mole to another place. Here he was, in a space without gravity, without history or future, just that moment. And as he worked the keys, he saw the sounds as if they were colours on one of the hedgehog's canvases, each note a stroke of an artist's brush. And then, when the vigour of the piece subsided into a tender and delicate coda, and the colours and splashes of vivid paint faded into the dark background, all that was left in his mind was an image of the hedgehog. The animal he loved more than any other stood there, smiling in his mind's eye. As the final notes of the last arpeggio died in his ears, he opened his eyes, and what he saw made him double-take. For in front of him, taking the place of the smiling hedgehog in his mind's eye, was the real, physical hedgehog, with the same loving smile on her tiny features. She must have come back in from her studio while I was playing, the mole realised, and he felt a little self-conscious, for he had truly lost himself in the music. He had swum in the sound of the subconscious, and his soul had danced, and now his feet found the rhythm his playing fingers had left off, and he was up and holding the hedgehog. They held each other like this for a long moment, the warm glow of affection flowing between them. The hedgehog would always bring a smile to the mole's face, and the same was true in reverse. Never had two animals ever lived with such affinity, such love, and such understanding. Did you say dinner was ready? the hedgehog asked. The mole smiled, and with a nod, he retrieved the tomato and mascarpone pasta from the oven, laying it on the table in front of the waiting hedgehog. They toasted each other, and their life together, for where art, music and poetry live and love together, divine beauty also finds a home.